Good morning, everybody. I, too, want to welcome you to Current, whether you're joining us here in person. Thank you, Adam, or online. We're glad you could be here with us. As Cindy just mentioned, we're starting this new series that we're calling Reset. And the idea, as she kind of teed it up, is this idea as, as, as we uh, start to rephase back to normal, whatever that, whatever that even means right now, uh, and God willing, as that continues to happen, because even all of that is not necessarily... You know, but we're praying it continues in this, this trend. But as, as all this happens, we want to first hit the reset button before we just go back to like our new normals or get set in our ways and ask what is most important right now? Like what should be our, our focus? And if there's a premise of this series, it's this idea that character is more important than achievement. It's this idea of cultivating character is more important than just accomplishing Thinks. I feel like of all people in society, the people who get this the most are probably parents, right? As they think about their kids and the development of, of their character, how a good parent will want to cultivate character in their child because you, they recognize that if you can help a child with, develop good character, that uh, the, the good achievements of life will tend to take care of themselves, Right? But if you throw character by the wayside, you know, if a kid gets older and is able to achieve great things, but doesn't have the character kind of behind that, it could be a recipe for disaster, if anything. We need to, not just in a way as, as parents think about for their kids, but, but for ourselves, all collectively think about ways that we can be cultivating character. Think about how this is such an important subject, especially as we start to reestablish rhythms. How can we be cultivating character? Uh, for those of you guys who think in such categories, this series is about sanctification, an old theological and biblical term uh, that really in a nutshell means it's the process of God working in us to make us increasingly like Jesus uh, this is this process of him increasingly making us more like his son. It's kind of a great topic to be thinking about, this, this process of sanctification, this process of, of cultivating uh, character uh, right now, not only in terms of our series and, and reestablishing rhythms and thinking about what's important, but also in terms of kind of like the church calendar. We just celebrated Easter week and, and, and we talked about last week what it means to receive the good news and, and how wonderful that is. Well, we're going to pick up from that. Often the church at this time of year thinks about, well, what does that mean? What does that look like from there? So we're going to be talking about sanctification. We're going to be talking about cultivating good character and there's probably no better place to kind of consider this topic than Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23 specifically that were just read. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit with, which, with these wonderful character traits, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I mean, there it is. There's the list. The list of traits that God wants to and is already doing, working in those who have uh, received him and put their, their faith in him. So what we're going to do in this series is, is talk about some of these more in depth as we go along. But today, kind of at the high level, look at this at, at, on an overview sort of level. Okay, so let me pray and then we'll, then we'll jump right in. Uh, Father, thank you so much for this time that we can gather in this way, whether it's in person or whether it's uh, digitally. Father, wherever we are as we gather, we ask for your spirit to open up your word for us. Uh, open up your word to us and help us uh, change the way you would, you would call us to. So Father, we commit this time to you. It's in, it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. 
All right. So the Apostle Paul here writing to the early church in Galatia, which really is modern day Turkey, uh, said this, said these words, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, and so on. The fruit of the spirit. Here's this really helpful and rich phrase to help us understand uh, four ways in, in terms of how character growth happens. So we're going to be looking at four ways character growth happens. Number one, we see that character growth takes time, right? The fruit of the spirit. Paul's talking about fruit. He's talking about plant life. And really, he joins a lot of other biblical writers in using this metaphor of plant life to talk about the spiritual journey, talk about kind of our, the, the development on, on the inside, our spiritual walk. So for instance, 1 Peter, in 1 Peter, it says that people who put their faith in Jesus are born of, quote, imperishable seed. Or then we have in Psalm 1, where it says uh, they are trees planted by streams of, of water. Okay, so the, the Bible is very fond of using this metaphor of, of plant life. And if there's anything that kind of helps us understand, it's that in this way, we grow uh, over the long haul. It, ta- it takes time. Uh, one of the fun things during shelter in place is Cindy's brother got into woodworking. It's a really sweet deal when someone else gets into woodworking and you can kind of get the benefits of it. So he's just been building all these like, you know, different furniture pieces and odds and ends for the house. And one of the things he gifted us with was a three-tier planter for our little deck, our little patio that the kids and uh, mommy uh, just kind of went to town growing Asian vegetables, lots and lots of cilantro. We eat lots of cilantro in our house. You either love it or hate it. We love cilantro. So we just growing a lot of that. But it was fun to watch the kids' response to the process in it all, right? We, took, we told them it's going to take a lot of time, but they're just like, you know, they, they needed to see that happen to, to learn it for themselves. So when we, after that afternoon of like planting everything, putting out the soil with mommy, putting the, the, planting the seeds and water, it. The next morning they ran down to look to see if anything grew there. And they were really disappointed to see that nothing had sprouted up just yet. And they're like, wait, why didn't it, why isn't it there? And in the rest of that day, they were every five minutes checking again to see if anything had grown. It's like, why is it not there? This, this is lame. Well, eventually, of course, sprouts did start to come up and then stalks and then the vegetables were ready to be kind of taken and, and eaten. And they were as ecstatic as you would imagine it would be. Like, it's ready. Like, the vegetables are ready. Can we take them now? Can we eat it? Can we eat it? Can we eat it? And that's about uh, where their excitement took them because then they don't actually eat the vegetables. They just like the idea of eating the vegetables <laughs> more than anything. Um, but the vegetables have been amazing. Uh, but it's, it's interesting how, you know, it, it's, it's easy in our own lives when we think about kind of inner you know, struggles or culture uh, or uh, character development, we can often think or, or, or presume that's going to happen a lot quicker than, than it actually does. It takes time. And I like specifically how Paul uses this metaphor of fruit, you know, because fruit trees, most fruit trees uh, bear fruit in a given season, right? And what about those times when they're out of season, say in the wintertime, when there's no fruit to speak of on the tree? And it seems like there's no growth at all. And if anything, it seems like the tree, if anything, is not alive anymore. It's, we actually know that in those seasons, the fruit, the, the, the fruit trees are actually doing some of their greatest growth. They're pushing their roots real down low, and get, grabbing the water and, and as they gear up to actually bear fruit in season. Character growth, Paul is saying, takes time. It happens over, over the, the long haul. We, we need to understand that. Cindy and I attended a church years and years ago where uh, the lead pastor would talk about how whenever they shared testimonies or spiritual stories of, of people's journey, say before baptism, much like we do here at Current, 
he would get really, he would, he would feel two things when, when they geared up for, for sharing testimonies. One, he'd be really excited, as you'd think he would, because, you know, hearing people's stories, that's, that's fun. But then he'd also feel really, really nervous, because the, the idea of someone sharing their testimonies, it's really easy to mislead people in sharing te- their testimony to make it seem like this character growth or life change can happen all of a sudden in a dramatic way. And he's always like, oh, we've got to be real careful because for every one story where life change or, or something real big happens, breaks through in a, in a real all of a sudden life, big shift sort of way, for every one of those stories, there's 10 other stories of people just being at it for a long time and not seeing a ton of growth or change for a while. Character growth takes some time. And I think what this means for us, at least in part, is we've got to be patient. We've got to understand that it takes time. You've got to be patient. I've had a chance as, as a pastor, of course, to talk to a lot of folks down the years about things that they were kind of working through, internal struggles and wrestles. And one of the things that's really easy to do is just, just to think that, it, oh, it should be happening so much quicker. And if it's not happening, then something's wrong or off. And no, that's not necessarily the case. Remember the tree that bears fruit in season. That's often growing in the wintertime, even as it's gearing up to bear fruit. We've got to be patient. Character growth takes time. Number two, character growth will happen. Uh, that's the promise here. It's an interesting thought. Character growth will happen. Notice again that it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and forbearance. Not the fruit of you. (laughs) Not the fruit of what you bring to the table. It's the fruit of God's Spirit in you if you've put your faith in Jesus. And therefore, if that's at work, when we put your faith in Jesus, it will happen. That's an incredible thought. Uh, There's a a British minister by the name of G. Campbell Morgan who shares kind of a famous classic illustration in this regard that's that's helpful. He talks about a time when he went to a cemetery and just saw throughout the cemetery just lots of like, you know, slabs of concrete that had just been there for years and and decades. The cemetery had been there for a while. Just slabs of concrete everywhere. But then every once in a while in different places, there had just been cracks through the, the concrete where trees just burst through. Right, just these large hunking trees that are just bursting through the concrete. And, and this, this minister, Morgan, just thought, you know what? Oh, my goodness. There's so much power in an acorn. <laughs> it's like this idea of like, man, like this tree was going to get through. Just it might take a while. Think of it this way. If you took kind of like an acorn and we were go down to like, you know, land level down there and stand next to a concrete. And we asked the question, which would win, the acorn or the, or the concrete, provided there's nutrients and all that sort of soil that the acorn could kind of flourish in. Nature tells us that the winner of that contest every time is the acorn. Again, it just takes a long time. It, it might take a while, but it, it will happen. And that's what Paul is saying here when he says that it's the fruit of the Spirit that there's love, joy, peace, and spirit, that it's God's spirit working in it. If it's God who's working in it, it's, it's, it's going to happen. We just need to be able to see, see it, or at least I'll put it this way. It just helps to see it from this perspective. So a personal example I'll often use in this situation is how God's been building me to become more patient. I've got a long way to go, but like part of the journey he has me on is becoming more, more patient. Uh, And that's one of the fruit of the spirit, you know, uh, love, joy, peace, forbearance. It's translated elsewhere, patience. But the way I think of it is when I was, you know, a a young guy, you know, early, let's say 20s, 
And, uh, and if you had come up to me and asked me, David, do you think you're a patient guy? Hopefully I wouldn't have been like arrogant about it, but I would probably like, you know, relatively speaking, been like, yeah, you know, I think I'm patient, not the most patient person in the world, but yeah, sure. I'm, I'd like to think of myself as a patient guy. But then I got married and this has nothing to do with Cindy's temperament or who she is. I mean, she's wonderful, but I like just living in a, on a new schedule, doing things in a different way and all that sort of thing. I learned that I wasn't quite as patient as I thought I was. I mean, maybe still relatively patient. Okay. But then I had a kid <laughs> and then I had a second kid. I'm like, I am not patient at all. <laughs> and, and, you know, life happens and, you know, responsibilities take place and all of that sort of thing. And I have a lot more opportunity in my life right now to see how less patient I am. Right. Um, and, you know, it, what's funny, though, is if, I, if, I weren't, if I'm not careful about it, I could think that right now I am actually less patient than I was in my, in my early 20s, right? Because I just look around and I'm like, okay, I have all these things that just show how, you know, much I need to grow in terms of patience. But the reality is if you plucked my 20-year-old version self and placed him into my life here and now, beyond a doubt, that David would have a lot harder time when it comes to patience, is this, is this making sense? We have to be able to see it from this perspective, or if not, don't worry, God's working it out. But the point is, it's going to happen, character growth. If you've put your faith in Jesus, genuinely, if you follow him for who he is and what he did for you on the cross, not only will it take time, but it will happen. So be patient, we talked about in the, be, in the beginning. But, but the second thought I'd say is make sure to keep at it. Like, don't give up, just, just keep at it. Again, as a pastor, I've had a lot of opportunities to talk to different folks who've struggled with this or that down the years. And, and they're just like, man, I'm just, there's this change that I want to see in my life or this temptation that I'm struggling with. I just want to see some, some gains or, you know, I just, whatever it might be, it, it could be happening for a short time. It could be happening for a long. And it's just like, it's not happening the way I'd want, but we got to keep at it. It might take some time, but we got to keep at it. It's like, it's like weight training. One of the things I've gotten into during shelter-in-place, because my rheumatologist told me it's really good for my joints, I have a rare form of arthritis, is weight training. So I've been trying to get stronger and, you know, do all that sort of thing. You know, when you first start weight training, you'll get a lot stronger pretty quickly early on because your body's just adjusting to it. And it's just like, ooh, lifting weights? All right, I'm going to get strong at this. But once you get past that, they call them newbie gains, but once you get past that, you just, strength increase is so incremental. And so if you like judged yourself like on a given week or even a couple weeks or a month and you look at it and you're like, man, I, am I getting stronger at all? But the reality is if you look at it over time, you're like, oh my goodness, I've actually kind of gained. Or think about like weight loss. Okay, I'm not a doctor here, but I understand that like crash dieting is not good for our systems, not good for our health. But if you lose weight like you're supposed to, and that is just like, you know, incrementally over time, what they'll always say is do not just look at the, the scale all the time. Because if you look at the scale all the time, you're going to perhaps even think that you're not actually losing weight anymore due to the fluctuations and variables and all that sort of thing. But watch it over time, right? And I think we need to understand that when it comes to character growth. You know, the fact of the matter is any character growth in the sense that we're talking about here, love, joy, patience, uh, kindness, gentleness, any of these wonderful traits, my life experience shows me, and then the scriptures affirm, it's just miraculous when it happens, but it's going to happen even as it takes time. And so if you're a follower of the Lord, so just keep at it, keep at it. Um, so character growth takes time. It will happen. And then number three, character growth is on the inside. 
Well, David, that sounds kind of obvious. Yeah, it's kind of a straightforward thought, but the implications, it seemed to me, aren't so straightforward. So, so, so follow with me. It says, Paul, Paul writes, uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, and so on. Not the fruit of the Spirit are things like reading your Bible, giving to the poor, enduring hardship, things that probably could help you cultivate good character. But the point is what Paul is saying here is it's things like love, joy, peace. The fruit of the Spirit are not a means to an end, but they are something that God is doing on the inside. Uh, uh, the famous Great Awakening uh, American preacher Jonathan Edwards talked about how we need to be careful not to equate this kind of growth we're talking about as mechanical versus internal. He said it's really easy to think about this kind of growth as mechanical when it's ra rather more so internal. Uh, think of it this way. There's a number of pastors and their testimonies or their spiritual stories that you could read about that I've, I've, I've at least read who talk about how for years they were doing the pastor thing, studying and teaching the Bible, praying, uh, giving to the poor, helping and loving their neighbor, all the rest of it. But then they experienced a moment where they actually finally came to realize being Christian isn't just calling yourself Christian and going to church, but it's the gospel. It's receiving what Jesus did for us on the cross. And when they came to that moment, oh my goodness, they actually began to see from the inside out, these fruits of the spirit start to take root in their lives. And that change began to actually happen miraculously on the inside. Here's another way of thinking of it. We all know that it, it doesn't mean uh, that this fruit of the Spirit isn't just for Christians, right? I mean, there's a lot of non-Christians, people who don't identify as Christian, who are these traits, uh, not only like to equal degree as some of our Christian friends, but oftentimes more so than some of our Christian friends. They're, they're loving, they're, they're gentle, they're, they're kind. We're not saying that when you put your faith in Jesus, you're now be, become love and you know, you're, you're going to be, it's, it, we're saying that God will take you where you're at and start to move you forward. He will help you move forward. He's going he's gonna to build you up. It, it takes time. It will, it will happen, but then it's something that happens on the inside. It's interesting that he says in verse 26, to not become conceited. Let us not become conceited. I think that's a really helpful thought because Paul's getting at something that Christians need to understand. Well, all human beings need to understand. And that is, it's real easy in regard to all these things to become self-righteous, you know, look at others and be like, oh, I got it figured out. And if the fruit of the spirit were things like, you know, of the mechanical nature, be a good person, give to the poor. That's when it could become real easy to become conceited. Hey, I do these things. How come you're not doing these things? But Paul is saying, don't become conceited because if you start to think in such categories, you're going to miss the whole point. And that is, that it's only at God's working in us and through us from the inside out. Spiritual growth is internal. It happens on the inside. One more example to this effect is how in, in 1 Corinthians 13, one of these famous texts that's often read at a wedding, Paul talks about love, one of our, our traits here, one of the fruit of the Spirit. And there he says some wonder, wonderful things about love. You can do some wonderful things in life. Things like being a good person, you know, giving to the poor. He says at one point you could sing with the tongues of angels. You can give God praises. But then he says, if, but if you have no love... It's nothing. It's, it's worthless. It's not this mechanical thing. It's this internal thing, which leads us to the last thought, which I think also clarifies and, and kind of brings together what we're, what we're seeing here. Character growth is holistic. So it's on the inside, but it's also holistic. 
Something every Bible commentator points out of this famous text, this fruit of the spirit text, is the fact that Paul uses the singular form for the word fruit and not the plural form. Like he's not saying the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, right? He's saying the fruit of the spirit, you know, singular. You think of it as like a cluster of fruit, right? But the idea is that these all go together. They go hand in hand. God wants to do all of this in us holistically. Uh, we're all naturally inclined to some of these more so than others, right? Some, some of you are incredibly kind and gentle. Some of you are incredibly patient. And you're more so these things and maybe perhaps the other, other things. And what, regardless of why that's the case for you, nature, nurture, circumstances, temperament, or whatever, God wants to do all of these things to make us more like God. And they go hand in hand. So we already talked about how love goes hand in hand with, with other traits. And really, love goes hand in hand with all of the other fruit of the Spirit, right? I mean, you, you can't become more loving if you're not also coming, becoming more kind and gentle and, and, and good, all that sort of thing. But think about my example of patience, right? You know, that goes hand in hand with these other... Uh, fruit of the Spirit as well. So for instance, when I found that the Lord was kind of working in me to make me more patient, I, I, I realized later on that he was also, in addition to doing that, helping that happen, helping me become more joyful. So for instance, looking to my circumstances and seeing that there was joy to be had there. And that coupled with, you know, kind of the lessons on patience I was kind of undergoing made me become more patient. These things go hand in hand. Let me press into this for a second. It seems to me in the Silicon Valley, there's a lot of folks, a lot, excuse me, a lot of Christians here who tend to be really gentle and kind, things, things of that nature. But then when it comes to loving in a faithful way, one of the traits here, faithfulness, that might be a little bit harder. What do I mean by that? Well, think about loving your coworkers, right? In the, in the office place, the workplace, what we can easily do, a Silicon Valley Christian can do, is feel, you know, compelled to be gentle and kind and, and worse such things. But then when it comes to loving people in, in, in the faithful way that, that Paul is describing here in this text, in other words, courageously and bold, with boldness, we might balk at helping them see the love of God for them through Jesus. Now, is the point there, if that's a struggle for you, uh, it means you're not Christian? That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is God wants to do all these things holistically in us. He wants to work all of these traits more and more into us. Uh, there, you could look at this, this list of wonderful uh, uh, traits and virtues and see that it really is kind of a list of triads in a way. Uh, if you look at the first three uh, characteristics here, love, joy, and peace, those tend to be, not, not exclusively, but tend to be about our relationship with God. So we can call those upward traits. Uh, forbearance, kindness, and goodness tend to be about our relationship with, with, with others. We call those outward traits. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control tend to be about our relationship to self. We can call those inward traits. And the point is clear that God wants to work all of these things holistically, increasingly into us, making us more like his son, Jesus. All right, so that's what the text teaches us. At the high level, at this overview level, that character growth takes time. It will happen it's going to take place on the inside, and it's going to be holistic. Okay, so what? What do we do with this? What are the action steps? And as we conclude our time and, and the band comes, comes forward, uh, really, Paul gives us two in this text. Uh, the first one we see in verse 24, when Paul writes, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with the passions and desires. So there's the first action step. It's to crucify the flesh. What does that mean? 
Well, I think we, we understand that Paul's making a reference to Jesus' crucifixion on the cross, okay? But what does it mean to crucify the flesh? What is he talking about there? Well, in the Bible, the word flesh doesn't just mean soft tissue, right, on the, of the human body. It also is often used to refer to the sinful nature. That is things apart from what God calls us to do and be about. And a real easy way to kind of get our heads around what that looks like tangibly is just to flip our fruit of the spirit list on its head, right? So the sinful nature instead of love is hatred. The, the, fruit, the sinful nature instead of peace is discord and strife. Instead of kindness, it's selfishness and so on. Uh, and so Paul is saying we need to crucify those things. Uh, really, that's his way of saying we need to repent. That's another spiritual slash biblical word, which is a way of saying we need to turn away from them. And while it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a heavy, uh, while it's a bit of a heavy illustration, uh, thinking about crucifying something, it's actually quite helpful in the sense that it helps us realize that it's not something that just happens right away. So as we turn from something, you know, something, something that's, that's not of God, that's, that's of the sinful nature, it's not like it'll just happen all at once. No, it has, it has to be pegged to a cross and die a slow death. That's the reality. It takes some time. So we have to crucify the flesh. I think more practically speaking, here are some thoughts regarding to that. It probably means things like confession, telling others, bringing it to the light, our sinful nature. It certainly means bringing them to the Lord in prayer, asking for forgiveness when we don't get it right, asking him for strength to help us in, in these different ways. Uh, it, it could include humbly inviting others to keep us accountable in these ways. Which here, this would be a fun, if not a little bit nerve-wracking of an exercise to do later. It would be to take the fruit of the spirit list of traits. And instead of just asking yourself, okay, which areas do I feel like, you know, I could, you know, God might be working in me. Is to give that list to someone you love and knows you really well. Like a spouse, a roommate. I'm not just saying do this, by the way. But you could think about this, the idea of doing this. And, and if you really are brave, actually do this. But hand that list to a, someone who's really close to you. And, you know, with, with grace and gentleness, all that sort of thing, ask them where you might think, you know, God might be moving. Because you might look at that list for yourself and be like, David, I don't think I'm, I think I'm okay with patience. And that other person be like, eh, eh, not so much. <laughs> right? So we need to crucify the flesh, uh, according to Paul here, turn from them. And then secondly, it says, and, and, and wonderfully, in verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So the second action step Paul gives us is to keep in step with the Spirit. What does that mean? Well, it means focusing on what the Spirit focuses on. Well, what does the Spirit focus on? Well, any number of things we could talk about, but if there's something the Spirit primarily does in our lives, it's point ourselves to Jesus. Point ourselves to him, his love, his his forgiveness, his mercy, but point ourselves to him as our model and power to draw strength from. What does that mean? It means looking to him who was perfectly loving, patient, embodied perfectly gentleness, kindness, self-control, and the rest of it. And himself was actually physically crucified in our place for the reason that we are not those things. It's looking to him, which is an incredible thought, guys. If, if you just kind of consider this for a moment, let it sink in. Because what we're not saying is, here's the action step. As God's doing these things in us, here's how we partner with him. It's just stop doing it. Just win the struggle already. That's not what Paul says. 
It's an important part of it. We need to crucify the sinful nature, the flesh, the fleshly nature. We need to do our part to turn away from it. That's important. But it's not just that. It's to then turn our eyes to Jesus, to walk in step with the Holy Spirit, who most of all points us to Jesus and his love and his care, that he's going to do this work in you and through you and graciously along the way, in spite of yourself and in spite of myself. It's wonderful, even as, as, it, as it is miraculous. So character growth happens uh, over time. It's not going to happen just right away. And the promise is it will happen, which is incredible. It's going to happen from the inside out. It's going to happen holistically. How do we partner with the Lord in the midst of this? We crucify the flesh. We repent. We, return, we turn away from it. And most wonderful of all, we look to our Savior, who was perfectly these things and accomplished these things on our behalf, that he could begin this good work in us by giving us his Holy Spirit and starting this work to make us more like himself. And if you're here today and you've never received Jesus and what he did for you on the cross, that's the gospel. That's the good news that you can receive even today. Putting your faith in him, receiving what he did for you on the cross by dying for your sins and mine, that when you receive that and, and his, his death for you and the life that he rose to, you will have life forever with him as well. Restore relationship with God. And the promise is he too will give you his Holy Spirit to begin this work in you. That's only just going to get started in this life and brought into completion in the next. But let's pray this over ourselves. Father, thank you so much for who you are and what you've done for us. That really it's our uh, natural inclination to go in the opposite direction with a lot of these things, but you, by your Holy Spirit, are at work in us to make us more like Jesus. So we say thank you for that work. Frankly, uh, I know this is true of myself, but I wonder if there's others, uh, many here, who have perhaps missed the amazing and miraculous work you've already been doing in their lives and mine just because we haven't had the eyes for it. Truly, Lord, it's amazing when we become a little bit more patient, a little bit more loving, a little bit more kind and gentle. And so, Lord, we thank you when you, when you, do, when you do that and how you are doing that. Father, would you help us be a people that become increasingly like Jesus in this way, these ways, so that we can bring you glory and praise and so that we can make your love known in this place you've called us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.